Welcome to this special episode of Spinnaker Trust from the Helm. I'm Tim Melissa, Director of Portfolio Management, and as always, I'm joined by Chief Investment Officer, Jessamyn Norton, and our Director of Fixed Income and Alternatives, Eben Joes. In this episode, we want to give you a quick update and our thoughts on the recent volatility in the markets over the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, the volatility in equity markets has been really wild. Can you set the stage as to where we were and where we are now on a percentage basis? Uh, sure, I'll take that. I think, um, Bradley, I'll speak about the equity market a little bit, and then Eben is our um, expert on fixed income and rates, and most of the action, arguably, has been in rates, so we can get him to speak about that. Uh, so equities hit an all-time high. Uh, I don't remember the precise date, but it was it was mid-February. Like it the was 20th of February. Not so long ago. Yeah. And uh, the all-time high on the S&P 500 was um, 3,340, I believe. It may have been 3,342, but more or less... Uh, that's where we were. And in the weeks that followed that, we had the beginnings of the coronavirus, but we had the usual things that were impacting markets. So we were looking through the fourth quarter earnings reports. And I think one of the themes had been before coronavirus and COVID-19 was even a word in our vocabulary, we had identified over the last several months, particularly in the fourth quarter of 2019, that some of the sentiment trackers that we follow were very extended. So what that means is retail investors, professional investors, hedge funds, everyone were maxed out in equities. They were very, very long. Volatility was very low and positioning was very, very robust. It it was over-optimistic. And generally what happens when everyone is on the same side of the boat is that you have something called a Minsky moment, which means that stability breeds instability because, again, everyone's positioned for, for one outcome. And so we were worried about things at that point because valuations were very high and because we had registered that sentiment was very, very, very frothy. For those who have listened to us a few times, you may recall we had some cash on the sidelines in our U.S. equity buckets. And I think partially this sentiment started to drive markets downward at the beginning. You know, our first moves that first week uh, we was the fastest move from all-time high to a 10% correction. You know, it happened very fast, in a very fast and furious manner. And I should also add, and we've alluded to this in the podcast before, that the market structure and the investor base is very different than it was 10 and 15 years ago. Very, very different. There's a whole new industry around quantitative trading. Um, This applies to something called CTAs, hedge funds. It's really a new and very popular methodology. Most of these quantitative traders also leverage their positions. So it means that their exposure is sometimes they they make up 70% of the trading volume in an average day. So the actions of these quantitative traders are really important. It's really important to follow. And what's notable about them is that they generally tend to be trend following. So when the trend goes the other way, when markets go down simply, and they hit certain levels, that automatically triggers a sell. So this is why we saw such fast capitulation in the fourth quarter in December specifically of 2018 and why we've seen such a fast move in in recent weeks. Um, these quantitative traders are dominating the market. So the first week, the first week of sell-offs, we had, it was the uh, fastest that we'd went, gone from an all-time high to down 10%. And then we had a very choppy week last week where we saw a nice rally on Monday. The Fed had an emergency meeting and cut um, the Federal Reserve rate by 50 basis points or 0.5%. And 
um, ironically, the market tanked on that news. But then the second day, we had a better, uh, sorry, on Wednesday, the day after, we had a better than expected outcome from Joe Biden, who's seen as being more market friendly. So the market ripped higher that day. So we had a plus four, minus four, plus four day. Uh, Thursday and Friday of last week were, were on the negative side, but had some more positive trading undercurrents. And then over the weekend, we learned basically that um, the OPEC oil cartel is broken. Uh, Russia walked out of a meeting and Saudi Arabia pledged to basically drive them out of business by increasing production and lowering oil prices. That was that was just this past weekend. Today is a Monday. And so that's where we are. I believe the market is down 17% from all-time highs, which sounds like a lot. It is. But I think it's important that we remember that we were up 18% in the months of October, November, December, and January. So we've reversed the market moves of the fourth quarter. So that's a brief equity market update on where we are. Um, the real action has been in rates. So I'll let Evan talk yeah, to you Evan, about that. Can you um, touch base on that a little bit? I know we're at yeah, historic so lows right now. Today, the 10-year is at about 50 basis points. In the last couple of days, it's moved down 25 basis points a day almost, uh, which is an incredible move. So you know, I think many would, would say rates have been leading the market lower. They have um, been ahead of equities. Um, you know, they are now pricing in some pretty dire uh, situations or scenarios. Um, you know, really, one, there's a flight to safety going on. The U.S. The US dollar is the reserve currency for the world. Um, that's driving flows into treasuries. And two, on the inflation side, um, you know, inflation is driven either by demand pull or cost push. And right now you have both of those going against any inflation, right? With commodities prices falling. Um, and then on the demand side, the coronavirus um, is threatening uh, global demand um, in a very serious way, as you can see with, you know, large events being shut down, people traveling less. Um, so you really have a perfect storm for rates. And, you know, the U.S. rates are really, you know, some might point out that they're really just converging um, with where uh, rates overseas have been for years. You know, there's negative rates overseas that have been that way for years. The um, U.S. rates have been well above that. And now we're seeing a, a convergence. So absolutely, you're not getting much yield right now if you own U.S. treasuries. <laughs> so Jessman mentioned a 50 basis point rate cut by the Fed. Do you think they'll continue to act if we start to see some more volatility and drawdown in the markets? Certainly, if you've watched uh, the Fed over the last few years, um, they they have been taking into account uh, equity markets. So, you know, we saw the 50 basis point cut. Um, I think they'll continue to cut. Historically, they have when they make a move like this, they end up going to zero. Um, I think we think there's going to be additional measures that taken by the Fed as well. Um, maybe a, a quantitative easing five, the fifth iteration of that. Um, so it, I think they're going to have to be aggressive. Yeah. So do we think the coronavirus is a real threat or is it overhyped? I, I guess I'll start with that. I think it's one, it's really hard to say. I think, you know, nobody really knows and that's part of what's driving the fear. Um, but really, if you look at China where the coronavirus started, um, there's really two options. One, they can you can let the coronavirus spread. It's very contagious. It spreads quickly um, and it does have a, a high fatality rate relative to, you know, your common uh, cold or flu or whatnot. Um, or two, you can take really extreme measures and quarantine entire cities and try to keep it contained. Um, but obviously there's the economic impact to that. So far that's proving to work in China. The rest of the world's trying to implement that, um, but there's gonna be an economic cost to that. I'm so focused on the economic side of it. It's hard for me to think 
in a different way. International markets are going to most likely be hit harder than we have. Um, they were weak to begin with, unfortunately. Before coronavirus came around, we thought that we were hitting a nice turning point or inflection point in global growth and so that they were going to improve. This is, unfortunately has taken them back. But uh, Germany and Japan had negative GDP in the fourth quarter. This was before coronavirus. And so I think it goes without saying that their GDP will be weak over the next few quarters. Um, likewise, in more impacted places like Italy, you know, northern Italy is where the business and the manufacturing is. South Korea was weak anyway, uh, and so that will – it should continue to weaken. China, uh, the government puts out the official economic numbers, and um, they are largely fabricated. So we won't actually see a GDP number that is negative from China, but nevertheless, uh, experts know that it will be negative. But I think Evan mentioned China being a case in point. Uh, it appears that they've turned things around and people are going back to work. Uh, likewise, in South Korea is still impacted, but they've been very aggressive in the testing front. And so we can see what the mortality rates are. And yeah, in the U.S., I think it we'll see. I do think that the second quarter U.S. GDP will be zero to slightly negative. And then after that, you have to, we don't, we don't, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Our best case assumption is that economic activity rebounds in a sharp V-like manner in the second half of the year. How are U.S. corporations reacting? We've seen a few companies that are very globally minded. Apple is one of them, um, reduce their revenue and earnings estimates. So, you know, in industry speak, that means cut guidance. Um, but it hasn't been widespread I think they're hunkering down. And I, I think probably corporations' first priority is to figure out what to do with their factories and their workers. Um, and then after that, they'll figure out the, the financial impact that seems to have been. This has all happened so fast. We'll see. But we'll really learn about it when we, um, when we get second quarter guidance during the first quarter, quarter earnings season. So today is Monday, March 8th. The markets opened up and they hit a circuit breaker, meaning down 7% and then the market's halted. Can you guys talk about what that means? And it appears so far today that it's actually worked. Um, they're kind of right around that level still, but can you talk about what that means? Yeah, I mean, I think it just means there's so many, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, um, you're a director of trading. <laughs> I believe it just means that there's so many sell orders in the system that it can't be um, mm -hmm. uh, filtered through um, in, a, in a normal uh, fashion, so. And 7% is kind of an arbitrary level, but that's the level they selected at mm -hmm. which to kind of uh, halt trading until mm -hmm. they can sort the orders out. Yeah, it gets the market makers time to react mm -hmm. and, like you said, sort the markets out and give appropriate pricing for buy and sell orders for uh, investors. Uh, but as I said, it, it has worked. I mean, didn't hit the second block at 13% down, but um, so far so good. We expect the market volatility to continue in the short term at least, but we wanna let you know that Spinnaker Trust is prepared. In the meantime, we're doing a couple things. First, we're taking advantage of the market correction to realign portfolios. Yeah, the second thing that is that our executive group has gotten together and discussed it. Uh, everyone at the company is healthy now, but uh, we regularly work from home and we've had a few snow days over the years in which everybody works from home and every, all the functions work. Our trading works, our portfolio management services work. The investment team gets everything that, that they need. So if it comes to that, we're fully equipped to work from home and you'll have the same level of service and, and everything that you need. So we're not worried about the impact if it should come to that. 
Thanks again for listening to this episode of Spinnaker Trust from the Helm. Again, we do expect market volatility and hang on to your hats and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.